الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفنح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان والحمد لله تملأ الميزان أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أو سبحانه وتعالى ما يكرم رزقنا الرزق This is part of the nature of insan that Allah Ta'ala has put it in him that something that is clean that will be comfortable for him it will attract him something that is dirty, filthy naturally insan that's part of his nature that where there is some dirt there is some filth and he feels very very uncomfortable he will be wanting to get away from there if it is something that has come upon him he will want to immediately clean it wash himself it's part of insan's nature you'll get some creatures that Allah Ta'ala has created that is Allah Ta'ala's nizam and system Allah Ta'ala has put the opposite in those particular creatures that fly will sit where there is dirt Allah Ta'ala created this nature like that that's a fly there's an animal Allah Ta'ala created the khinzir it will go and consume the actual filth Allah Ta'ala created it, that's his nature but insan, insan Allah Ta'ala made Ashraful Makhluqat the most noble of all the creation of Allah Ta'ala so being the most noble of all the creation of Allah Ta'ala part of this nature that Allah Ta'ala put in this insan is that he wants to be himself clean wants to be in the place of cleanliness he wants things around him to be clean if there's any dirt, any filth, he feels naturally uncomfortable and this is highly emphasized in our deen this deen Islam Allah Ta'ala blessed us with the most perfect the most natural way of life the purity and cleanliness that deen has taught nobody has any fraction of it no other community, no other creed, no other culture Nobody can even come close to the extent of that cleanliness and purity that Deen has taught the Muslims. So one is the external cleanliness, that too is extremely important. And it is so important that for example if there is some najasat, some impurity on a person's clothing more than a certain extent, there is some impurity on his body, more than the extent of the hollow of the hand, the palm, like a five rand coin, then even his salah won't be valid. I performed his salah in that manner. Now there's a big 
extent of the clothing that is soiled with some najasat, some impurity so that impurity prevents his entry into Salah this is among the conditions for that Salah to be to be able to even enter into that Salah that the clothing must be pure the body must be clean, meaning clean of najasat the place the person is performing Salah on, that must be clean of najasat if there is najasat in that on the place he is performing Salah there is najasat on his body there is najasat on his clothing that will even prevent him entering into the Salah because this is how severely Deen views any kind of impurity now Salah is the most important amal of Deen after Iman then the first thing that he will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah also is his Salah the most important amal of his life is his Salah Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab he is writing to all his governors he is the Amirul Mu'minin and the people who are now responsible for taking care of all the affairs of the saints in the different areas so now the governors have so many responsibilities so many duties so many things that are very very important for them he is writing to them inna ahamma umurikum indi as-salah the most important of all your affairs to me is your salah somebody says I'm very very busy so because of being very busy I miss my salah not acceptable from who the person had to run the whole government person who had to run the state Umar Ibn is saying that's not any excuse for me that is nothing so now somebody says my one small business made me too busy so I couldn't make it in time for Salah and Umar is saying you're running the whole country that too is no excuse that too is nothing compared to the importance of Salah that should be in the life so where is one small business one small little uh, job one profession or one little household or one, some family function or something day to day things that we get involved in and that become an obstacle and forget these day to day things that which are permissible which are necessary also in a, some of it that too is no excuse so what about those pastimes and then that sport and then Allah forbid somebody is caught up on his phone so he's too busy with his phone and somebody is even watching some filth and haram and that became the obstacle that became the delay in his salah somebody is caught up on social media and somebody is in something else and that is becoming an obstacle in deen so where is that ever going to be able to save a person from being taken to task on the day of Tiamat only Allah Ta'ala Fazal otherwise that can become a major difficulty for a person later on akhirat even in dunya already so Amani ibn Khattab now is writing that the most important of all your affairs to me is your salah inna ahamma umurikum indi as-salah man hafizaha wa hafaza alayha fahuwa lima siwaha ahfaz the one who will guard his salah and be punctual upon it then he will protect the rest of deen to a greater extent he will also protect the rest of deen in his life all the commands of Allah Ta'ala will be found in his life provided that this salah is salah 
And the one who destroys that salah, the one who neglects that salah, the one who is careless about that salah, he will be even more careless about the rest of deen. So this is the highlight of a mu'min's life, and the highlight of his day, and what his whole life revolves around. His five daily salah, starting off from Fajr, not starting off from Zohar, and finishing off with Isha, not finishing off with Maghrib. His five daily salah. And for men, it is wajib to form the salah with jama'ah, the house of Allah Ta'ala. So, now such a great important aspect of deen, the most fundamental command of Allah Ta'ala after Iman, but now some impurity came in the way. Impurity came on the clothing, on the body, it prevents his entry into salah. And like that, many other examples we can take where impurity becomes a major barrier. So now this is the impurity that has come onto a person externally. The external impurity, it became a barrier, prevented his entry into Salah. So can we imagine now that this is the external impurity, so what is the effect if there is internal impurity? Now all these are external things, some najasat came onto the clothing, came onto the body, etc. Person was walking somewhere, some splashes came onto him which were najis. Various other ways in which person sometimes gets affected by things around him. Now all this is nevertheless external, but it is serious. This is how serious it can become. It can become an obstacle from even entering into salah. So like that there are things that affect the inner self impurities that affect the inner self just as the impurity of the outer self prevents the entry into salah Nabi Sallallahu has highlighted to us that look inside also there are impurities for example the impurity of pride Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that person that impurity of pride is in the heart like the person with impurity on his body that became a barrier, he couldn't enter into Salah the impurity of pride in the heart it's a barrier from entry into Jannah the external external impurity it prevented the person from the external Amal from the Amal of Salah internal impurity prevents the person from the reality the reality which will be the final reality entry into Jannah you can't enter the Jannah until if a person left with Iman he will still have to go and get cleansed in Jahannam now this is the effect of impurity of dirt one is external, external also has to be clean but the external impurity as severe as it may be it cannot compare to the impact that the internal impurity has dirt in any way one is dirt on the external surface and one is dirt beyond that for example a car so now the windscreen is very dirty dusty dangerous that dusty windscreen a person can't see clearly what's going on he could end up knocking into something it's dangerous and that can become a problem but now it's easy to clean it off also he'll spray some water on that windscreen and put the wipers on and get cleaned out too but it's nevertheless a problem if it's there and must be cleaned 
But now supposing this whole windscreen was so full of dust and dirt, just one fraction of that, 10% of that, 5% of that, that dirt went away into the engine. That dirt got somehow into the fuel, went away into the engine itself. One small particle of it. This whole windscreen was dirty, was a problem, dangerous. But that dirt that went into the engine, it will seize the whole engine up. There might be a major overhaul required, depending on the nature of the dirt. So the quantity might have been very much lesser. The same dirt. But because it went into the engine, now it's a major problem. Very serious problem. Likewise, whatever external impurities is also problems major problems and deen doesn't tolerate this also you can't enter salah but more se- serious and severe is the internal impurities and this has been spelled out in the Quran Sharif in the Ahadith that there are impurities that soil the heart the impurity of pride of jealousy of malice of love of dunya of all the haram that lurks in the heart and the heart getting attracted to all the filth and evil the uncontrolled lust and shahwat so all these are impurities where these things have gone past the line of what is permissible and now it's crossed the line and then all these other things of dirt and filth in the heart so these are also very very major problems now when a person sees some dirt on himself, he sees some dirt on his clothes, some dirt on his shoes, on his body, any sane person, any person with little bit of understanding also, any person who has now some sense of understanding, he's going to be concerned about cleaning it, he's not going to feel comfortable, he's not going to feel at ease until he has not washed that, he's not cleaned it. So if that is the approach with regards to external impurities and which is the correct thing So what about the internal impurities? What about becoming concerned about cleansing the heart? So this is a very very important aspect in a mu'min's life that he's always concerned about cleansing himself externally and internally and this is what tazkiyah is all about in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى That person has indeed gained success Success, everybody is looking for success Everybody has got his own understanding of where he'll get it And how he'll get it But Allah Ta'ala is saying this is where you'll get it قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى That person has succeeded Who has purified himself What purification Allah Ta'ala is talking about? Obviously the external purification is part of deen but here more than that is being spoken about the internal purification that he's worked on his heart has adorned his heart, cleansed his heart of pride, of malice, of jealousy of love of dunya of all the evils and vices of greed of uh, the love of the ego the love for fame and popularity and all the various vices that come along with all these things he's cleansed himself so this is a very very fundamental part of a mu'min's life that he's all the time concerned about this tazkiyah. He's all the time trying to find out what's my fault, what's my weakness, 
how can I correct myself? Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala what a personality can we imagine what a personality who Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam endorsed Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam endorsed as who? as among the people walking on earth who have already been given the certificate of Jannat the Ashara and Mubashara Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying he's also Umar fil Jannah he's walking on earth he's alive but he's getting the glad tidings of Jannat had they been a Nabi after me it would have been Umar that personality that Umar when you walk in one end of the road shaitan flees from the opposite end Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying to him Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala such a person but what is his statement and who is what is he inviting towards he the statement is attributed to him that he would say that Rahimallahum ra'an ahda ilayya uyubi Rahimallahum ra'an ahda ilayya uyubi May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on that. He's making dua for him. Making dua for who? Dua for the type of person who many a times we have cursed. The type of person who we might on the spot curse the person. Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu is already making dua for him. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on that person who ahda ilayya uyubi who presents my faults to me. Who presents my faults he tells me this is your problem he tells me this is what's wrong with you he tells me this is where you are lacking he tells me this is how you are doing something which you should change for the better that person who keeps correcting me that person who presents my faults to me if somebody presents our faults to us before that person even finishes his sentence we are already defending ourselves the person who presents our faults to us before he finished his sentence we are already pointing out his faults who are you to tell me you check your own self and you have this and that and the other so before that person finish even speaking we are already attacking him for his faults which might be true also maybe but what he was doing to us was a favor but we will never ever be able to fathom that how can this be a favor unless we go back to these people and understand how they understood it to be a favor the word Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab uses also is Ahda gift, the person who gives a gift, Hadiya the person who gifts me, who presents to me my faults because he is doing me a tremendous favor these faults, some of these things that lurk within a person these are more dangerous than scorpions and snakes and if a person had to tell us that look in your shoe I saw one scorpion going in you're going to put your foot inside this now. You're going to walk out of the masjid. But I just saw the scorpion going inside that shoe. You're going to wait. You're going to get bitten. You're going to get stung. He's going to dust that shoe out. And then if the scorpion falls out, he's going to be more than grateful. He's going to be able to, he's going to feel like as if I owe, owe the, my life to this person now. This person saved my life. This person has done me such a great favor. He won't be able to stop talking. He won't be able to stop thanking the person. Anytime he sees him, he's going to thank him again. And somebody else is there, this person saved my life. He saw the scorpion, he came and told me. And if he came to know afterwards that the scorpion was inside, and this person saw it inside, and he still didn't tell me anything, it would be like you were almost, almost like a murderer. You saw the scorpion going inside my shoe, and you didn't come tell me. And what if I wore it? 
And what if I got stung? You would have been like almost a murderer. If the person didn't tell us about that scorpion in the shoe, we regard him as a murderer. And the person who tells us our faults, we regard him as a murderer. That he like killed us. So, the person who is concerned about this tazkiyah, Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab, Salman, comes, he says to him that, what, what are my faults? Tell me my faults. He says, no, no, nothing. He says, no, you must tell me, what are my faults? Can you imagine now? Hazrat Huzifa bin Yaman, the statement of Hazrat Umar ibn is not just something in passing now, just to impress somebody. Oh, he was following it up. He's asking Hazrat Salman, can you see any faults in me? He's going to Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman and he says to him that you are the, the custodian of the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had given you the list of the munafiqeen and you are the custodian of this secret. So don't expose that secret. But you know what's going on now. Can you see any signs of nifaq in me? Can you see any signs of hypocrisy in me? Because now you have already got the list, you can see what's going on. How, what the signs are, you'll pick it up because you know the list. So can you see any of those signs in me? Can you imagine that concern? And this is the reality that to the extent that a person gets closer to Allah Ta'ala, to the extent that a person truly gets clean from within himself, to that extent he's more afraid of the dirt in him. The person who is wearing a very clean white kurta on the day of Eid and now he just stepped out and not even really, he didn't soil anything but that fine speck of dust he'll see it and he's cleaning that out now. He's going for Eid namaz now and because everything is so clean so that fine speck also became very very clear to him. He saw it and he became concerned also because he wanted to keep it clean. And that person who is that mechanic now, he has to work with that overall, that's his work now, while he's working that's how he'll be. He's filled in that grease, all overall from top to bottom is all greased up. Now in that whole greased up overall, one another, some blot of something falls, some ink falls, it's filled with grease, that ink fell, who's going to take any notice of it? This is already this is filled with grease, now that black ink fell on it, who notices where it went? So likewise if that heart is clean, that effort is constantly being made to purify the heart, then the slightest some dirt comes, the person detects it immediately. Something has changed, something has happened, this thought wasn't right, this thought was actually looking down upon somebody, how can I do that? What basis do I have to look down upon the next person? Do I know his end result? Now the heart will start chastising oneself. One will start reprimanding oneself from within because immediately he detected something. And when he detected something, he'll become concerned. How to clean it out? How could I have thought like this? How could I have looked down upon somebody? This is jealousy. How can I harbor this jealousy in my heart? Astaghfirullah. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat. Allah Ta'ala blessed somebody. I should be making dua for the person for barakat. I'm wishing it must be destroyed. Na'uzubillah. What kind of heart do I have? Now he'll chastise himself when? When first the heart was clean. Now some dirt shaitan tried to sprinkle some, throw some dust into that heart, throw some dirt into it, immediately there will be an alarm. Immediately something will go on, some lights will flash. Something is wrong now, I need to clean this up. 
But if beforehand everything is dark and something else for the darkness came, there was no light on and one bulb broke also. So there was no light on now and one bulb broke, who, do, who knows what broke and where it broke. And who bothers about fixing it also because there is no, there's no power. Place is engulfed in darkness. So I said engulfed in darkness, we don't worry about putting the bulb in place, bring the electricity on first. So likewise is hard, Qad aflaha man tazakka. Allah Ta'ala says, that person has success, succeeded who has made his tazkiyah, who has purified himself. So now the person who is concerned about that tazkiyah, who is asking about his faults, who is wanting that rectification, who is making an effort to cleanse himself, to bring that light into the heart, to take that fuel line, clean it out, take that dirt out of the engine, then inshallah as his concern is there, He's making dua for it. That dua after all Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us Allahumma aati nafsi taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakkaha. Can we imagine the dua Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is making who was the masoom Nabi of Allah ta'ala but that one is his abdiyat, his servitude and the other is ta'aleem for the ummah. Make dua, ask Allah ta'ala. Ya Allah grant my nafs taqwa. Grant my heart taqwa and purify it, make it tazkiyah. Nabi Islam is teaching, make dua for tazkiyah. We make dua for everything else, have you made dua for tazkiyah? Allah grant my heart that purification. Allah, you are the best who can purify it, nobody can purify it, only you can grant that purity to the heart. Allah, you are the guardian of this heart. So, this dua, so the concern, the concern for this tazkiyah. Now, when a person is concerned for something, then he takes steps towards achieving it. He takes steps towards trying to gain it. Not just that a person is concerned now, this dirt has come onto my clothing now, so I wish it comes clean. And he's making dua also, mashallah. But then he's sitting there, he's doing nothing about it. He's not taking some steps towards the tap. He's not taking that soap in his hand. He's not taking that cloth and he has to scrub it a little. He has to rub it somewhere. There's some effort involved. Now he will rub it, scrub it and sometimes he will have to scrub even harder then he'll see the dirt suddenly has now been loosened out then he'll still have to rinse it and now that loosened out dirt will now get washed away but now he takes no steps towards that tab no effort, no rubbing and scrubbing but everything just must just happen it must just somebody will make dumb on that clothing and come clean so now just for the clothing we don't wait for somebody to just make dumb we see the greatest uh, Worry of the time passing also, we won't tell him, look, my clothes are just, you know, soiled up, please come make some dumb, he'll come right. Nobody thinks in that manner. He'll ask that person make dua also, but we'll walk to the tap, we'll go look for some water, we'll go and look for some soap, we'll want to scrub it somewhere. Now for the heart to come right, we're just waiting for somebody's dumb to take place. We're just waiting for some, something must just happen, something must just, just click somewhere. Something must just out of the blue take place. No, no, Allah has kept a system for this also. Allah's Qudrat is on to make the clothes also clean without the person even making any effort. Allah's Qudrat is in all this. Allah's Qudrat is above everything. Allah's Qudrat is that a person doesn't put that muscle in his mouth, but Allah can fill his stomach. Allah has done it. Allah granted Ibrahim that safety from the fire, that the fire didn't burn him. Allah fed him also in there. Kept him nourished. Allah's Qudrat is in everything. But Allah has kept a nizam, a system in dunya, 
dunya is darul asbab everybody understands darul asbab when it comes to their hunger they want to eat and then they want to eat to the best also and they want to cook something they want to cook it very well also want all the spices and all the additional ingredients and everything must be done very well so now we understand all this asbab we understand all these things in terms of dunya now we have to take those steps towards the skia of the heart as well to cleanse the heart now this skia of the heart as things in the Quran Sharif itself already Allah Ta'ala has spelled out to us in this very ayat of the Quran Sharif فَتْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى that person is successful who has made his tazkiyah and he's taken the name of Allah Ta'ala and performed salah now while there are various uh, meanings of what is actually being taught here and the importance of salah and how does a person enter into salah taking the name of Allah wa ta'ala and expressing the greatness of Allah ta'ala, Allahu Akbar etc but in this very wording that he wants a tazkiyah that tazkiyah will not be achieved without the true zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, the reality of zikr and without the reality of salah so this is not the only prescription but now in this particular ayat, Allah Ta'ala is saying, you want to attain this tazkiyah, bring the reality of taking the name of Allah Ta'ala in your life. If you'll take the name of Allah Ta'ala in reality, then that name of Allah Ta'ala won't just be on the tongue. The name of Allah Ta'ala will be in the heart. The name of Allah Ta'ala being in the heart is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. The conscious, constant remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. My Allah is watching, My Allah is with me. Allah knows. Allah Ta'ala will take me to task if I do what he is not pleased with. What I am saying, مَا يَلْفِذُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ عَتِيمٌ What I am saying, Allah Ta'ala's angels are also trans- uh, recording. Allah Ta'ala knows himself. Where I am going, Allah Ta'ala knows. What I am watching, Allah Ta'ala knows. Now that will come when the name of Allah is in the heart. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Now that is already a major in this aspect of his achieving of his tazkiyah that the heart is Allah Ta'ala's name is embedded and the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is embedded in the heart now that is what's going to guide him at every step that is what now will make his salah salah when the name of Allah Ta'ala is embedded in the heart and the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is deep down in the heart now when he will say Allahu Akbar he'll be in salah he won't be elsewhere he won't be scoring gold somewhere he won't be serving customers somewhere. And he won't be doing all other dunya aspects after he said Allahu Akbar. Now he'll be with Allah Ta'ala. And now when that salah has become salah, then those who have truly made their salah, that salah itself will make their tazkiyah. Because the person who has brought his salah in, in order, the Nabi Salaam says, the person whose salah has come in order, the rest of his life will come in order. So if a person just latches on to this prescription alone, this prescription of the Qur'an Sharif alone, that a person latches on to bringing the reality of zikr in his life. Now this is a very wide and a vast concept in itself. What is how this reality of zikr is going to come? The verbal zikr and then the bringing the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart and the various procedures and processes that will 
have to be undertaken for that the Muslim du'as to be recited in their time and the tasbihat in their time and also the various other aspects of zikr, the mujahada bringing the conscience of Allah Ta'ala at the time when a person is now being tempted towards haram sitting down and making muraqaba muraqaba of Allah Ta'ala is away, Allah is watching all this creates this consciousness creates the zikr in the heart then that salah will become salah and this will create the tazkiyah apart from this in the Quran Sharif many other things Allah Ta'ala has mentioned خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَّهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا وَتُسَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ that take that zakat from them zakat is the first level over and above that the charities so all this has an impact impact of what? وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا the beast awesome is being told by making them pay and discharge the zakat correctly and together with the zakat the charity, the sadaqat this will purify them provided it is done correctly, done with the right intention, done for Allah Ta'ala alone daily regular sadaqa some amount with the niyat of my tazkiyah many a times the only niyat we have for that sadaqa is that I must get more, I am giving something so I must get more that is an automatic effect of it Allah Ta'ala will bless with more our niyat must be much deeper than that our niyat must not be so shallow that we are giving only to get dunya that is a person built a window that window is going to bring light you open the window for fresh air so where is the light going to go? not going to be the fresh air is going to come the light is going to stay outside when you open the window the fresh air will come the light will come alongside so likewise the person does the amal to gain the muhammad of Allah Ta'ala does the amal to gain the inner purification then whatever promises Allah Ta'ala has made for it that will come, that Allah Ta'ala has promised that cannot go anywhere so this concern for our rectification for Islam this concern for our tazkiyah this concern has to be generated within ourselves that is what we do now inshallah start making us move in that direction to take the necessary steps we have to be attaching ourselves in the company of the Ahlullah going to sit in their gatherings going to learn from them and express our issues to them to try and find those solutions this is what my problem is this is how I am conducting myself this is what's my issues this is where I am falling this is what I am slipping into this is what I'm still lacking, I'm trying to bring this and inculcate this but it's not coming right still how do I get this sorted out? how do I come out of this problem that I've put myself into the sin that I'm falling into repeatedly now when these things will be, we'll find solution for this, we'll take advice we'll apply those prescriptions we'll commit ourselves to it then nothing happens overnight but gradually that process will start like that person just put that cloth under water and just suddenly disappear he's going to wet it and then he's going to soap it and then he's going to rub it and sometimes scrub it and then it will loosen up and then he's going to have to rinse it somewhere all these processes mashallah after that it comes out clean and bright so likewise there's a process for that purification for the cleanliness of the heart but if we undertake that process Allah alone is the doer dunya is darul asbab we undertake the process in a sincere manner in a committed way Allah Ta'ala will make our tasqiyah Allah wa Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq Allah Ta'ala grant us the importance of this in our hearts and how urgently we have to take this step forward to
cleanse our hearts, cleanse our souls of all the things that have soiled it and become the clean and pure servants of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala bless us with the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen We'll make zikr for a few minutes to a few minutes and then make dua and It's reported in the Hadith Sharif, the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant the tawfiq of righteous actions and save a person from sin. This will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So we should all try inshallah that this, make this a part of our daily mamul, our daily practice in our homes, in our time. That daily la ilaha illallah hundred times encourage our families as well inshallah Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq that we start practicing on this daily inshallah Rasulullah <laughs> La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha illallah
يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving allah اله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله forgive our families يا الله forgive our friends and relatives يا الله forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله forgive the ummah يا الله show your rahmat on the ummah يا الله show your blessings on the ummah يا الله اله العالمين remove the difficulties and hardships of the ummah يا الله throughout the world wherever the muslims are suffering يا الله remove their pain and difficulty يا الله remove their hardships يا الله grant barakat and afiyat to one and all ya allah allah grant us and the entire ummah the tawfeeq of those amal that bring us to you ya allah those amal that bring down your rahmat ya allah save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down azab ya allah allah grant us the tawfeeq of being obedient to you at all times ya allah allah make our complete tazkiya ya allah make our complete islah with afiyat ya allah allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah fill our hearts with your remembrance ya allah remove all the evil qualities from our hearts ya allah Fill our hearts with all the noble and beautiful qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. All those who are sick with them, shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those are in financial difficulties, remove the afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Remove, Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, those who are in debt, make their debt get paid out easily, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them complete shifai and afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Allah, at the time of our death, take us with La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on Iman-e-Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat al-Masuh, Ya Allah. Take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jai's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our greatest need is, Ya Allah, that we become yours, Ya Allah. That you become ours, Ya Allah. اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله